you know, this thing that we're dealing with right now, this big, confusing, dense thing that seems to get ever more complicated by the minute could probably be best clarified by Rowdy Roddy Piper. So since we last spoke, here's where we are. There is allegedly a second whistleblower, although they have yet to to testify to Congress. This whistleblower alleges to be somebody that has firsthand knowledge of the information that the second whistleblower has already blown the whistle on. The State Department yesterday blocked the testimony of EU Ambassador Sondland, He was in a spate of text messages that came out at the end of last week that seemed to indicate that there was some kind of discussion, at least between a Ukraine diplomat and Sondland, about how to handle the idea that the Trump administration was pushing for an investigation into what the Bidens did with the gas company Burisma. And also yesterday, the Trump administration officially declared war on the impeachment process, calling it illegitimate and effectively ending, at least for now, any cooperation between the administration and Congress. All of these developments, though they might seem like new compounding evidence, in my opinion, is not. These are accelerators. These are all things that will eventually hasten the end of this process. But as you guys know, the very smart listeners of politics, 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 it doesn't matter how fast we get there. It matters what happens when we do. It matters what the resolution will be and how it will play going forward. There is no power but future power and therefore determining and being correct on how that will play out will give you an advantage. Which means we need to clarify. We need to understand what matters here and what is just a step forward down the road. Which brings me back to Rowdy Roddy Piper. In November of 1996, the biggest match to be made in World Championship Wrestling was Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus Piper. The man to make it was WCW Commissioner Eric Bischoff, but Bischoff was having a real hard time making the match. Week after week, he called in to WCW Monday Nitro, the flagship program, or came to the ring and explained that Piper didn't want to fight Hollywood Hogan. That Piper wouldn't put his name on the dotted line, no matter how much WCW offered. Piper's managers wouldn't call him back. Hell, Bischoff went down to Piper's ranch in Portland, Oregon, and couldn't get a straight answer from the man himself. So, exasperated, Bischoff comes to the ring one Monday to tell the faithful crowd in Charlotte, North Carolina, that the fight they desperately wanted to see simply wouldn't happen. And then the music hits. What the hell? 
Piper, the man himself, comes down to the ring. He gets in Bischoff's face and asks him one key clarifying question. A question that lays everything bare. When you come on up to my ranch, when you come up to my ranch, tell me, is the road crooked or is the road straight? Tell me, is the road crooked? I don't remember. I don't remember. Tell me something. You, you are... Bischoff can't answer if the road to the Piper Ranch is curvy or straight because Bischoff never went to the ranch. He'd been lying the entire time about trying to make the match. He'd been unmasked as a flunky for the villainous Hollywood Hogan and the cover-up was revealed. All because of one clear question. Was the road crooked or straight? The place we're at now with impeachment is similar. We know the stakes and we know the moves. Among all the accelerators, there is one key unresolved question in my mind. One that when answered will lay everything bare. The Ukraine call transcript that was released by the White House. Is it crooked or straight? Is that an accurate account of the call according to either of the whistleblowers or is it not? Is it crooked or straight? Is it crooked or straight? If it's accurate, then this will be all the Democrats have to go on. Everything that we know right now. And for many Democrats, that's more than enough. Whether or not that will be enough to sustain a push in the Senate, whether or not it will complicate their push in the House, well, that remains to be seen. But at least we know what they have to go on. But if it's not accurate, if it's crooked, if there's more to that transcript, and if either of those whistleblowers can testify to reading something different or more so surfacing something different, then we are in for a whole new phase. That's a cover-up where Trump is straight cold. Busted. Welcome, everybody, to the Politics, Politics, Politics program. My name is Justin Robert Young, joining you from Orlando, Florida, a key battleground in uh, not only the primary coming up here for the Democrats, but also the general election, of course, in uh, roughly over a year's time. This, the I-4 corridor, which connects Orlando, Florida to Tampa, will indeed be in play a rapidly changing demographic up here after the devastation of Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. Now a tremendous influx of Puerto Rican citizens, many of which do not have fond feelings of Donald Trump. And so I did my best to get somebody that I know you guys want to hear. The faithful PX3 listeners want to hear from their favorite Orlando voter, my mom. 
I got an interview with my mom coming up. We're also going to talk about uh, the latest in the 2020 race, because by the way, underneath all these headlines about impeachment, there is a rapidly changing and evolving primary race, including a new front runner, according to Real Clear Politics. And we're going to dip our toe a little bit into the China issue. If you are unaware, China has become a rapidly evolving uh, uh, issue. And I had a great discussion on the morning stream program hosted by Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett. I'm a regular guest on there on Tuesdays, but I particularly enjoyed our conversation. So I wanted to bring that to you guys here. It specifically revolves around Blizzard, the video game company, and how they handled a specific China issue. But I'll give you guys a primer on the rest of it before we get into that as well. All right. Without any further ado, here is presidential vote receiver Gloria Young as she runs down her thoughts on all the Democratic candidates. If you have not ever heard an interview with my mom before, we've been doing these periodically every few months just to keep an eye on on the mind of an over 50 Florida voter. Very important demographic, specifically a very important demographic for the Democrats because she loathes Donald Trump. So who does she like? Who does she not like? We find out in this edition of Ask My Mom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a lovely late summer, early fall day here in Orlando, Florida. I am joined for the hotly anticipated latest installment of presidential vote receiver Gloria Young's uh, uh, political musings and rankings of the Democratic candidates. Hello, Mom. How are you? I am wonderful and so happy to have uh, you and Ash visiting here in Orlando. <laughs> now, I think it's been it's been several months since we've we've talked last. I think so. Uh, I believe that that the the the, the belated news because the last time that we talked, you you were still fairly undecided, and then the next day. You you had a come to uh, a Jesus moment where you just were spamming my text messages about how much you love Mayor, Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg. Correct. Uh, so I guess that we, we will start here. Is that still the case? I still think that Mayor Pete is a tremendous candidate and I think he would be an amazing president. So, yes, it is still the case. He is still you are a Florida primary voter, Florida has a Super Tuesday slot on yes. the Democratic primary schedule. So as of now, you would be voting for Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Yes, I would. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, uh, focus on your your list of people. I'm going to run down some list of people in the primaries. Yeah. Now you've I've gotten to know them a little bit more. I assume you've watched at least, at least clips of some of the debates, if not the debates. I have. In general. I have. So let's go from the top. Currently polling, number one, Joe Biden. What do you think about Joe Biden? And since the last time we talked, have you thought anything different? I do not have strong feelings about Joe Biden. All right. What are his weaknesses? He's old. 
He's very old. And he sounds old. And he sounds old, and sometimes he loses his train of thought. Yeah. Which <laughs> is funny mid-stream. because you go and watch old clips of him, and he does some of the same stuff when he was younger, but it comes off as, like, back then, it, it came off as, like, oh, he's just, he's just kind a of laid a, back a folksy guy. guy who is, like, kind of like his mouth runs a little faster than his mind does. But now he just... It just comes off as bad. It uh, just comes uh, off as senile. I just think that he is his days of of his heyday is over. Yeah, that's the that's pretty much how I feel about Joe Biden. Nice man. Um, would he make a good president? He probably would, as long as he had a tremendously strong staff behind him. Yeah, which I'm sure he knows how to build a strong staff. And I think he would have much better luck building a staff, a strong staff, than yeah. our current administration. But overall, I just think his his days are are in the past. Yeah, his strength. Of Although, days if you are wanted the, past. the Congress to work better together, there's almost no doubt that Joe Biden would be the guy that would make Congress work more together because that's always been his thing. I mean, like even Perhaps. through the Obama administration. He was the only one that that he wanted would to work sit down and the like, aisle yeah. and all of that. Because that's what that's his entire life. His entire yeah. life was sent, spent in, in the Senate in, in, in making Congress. these kinds of deals. Absolutely. So yes, that for that reason, yes, perhaps he he would do well. All right, uh, Elizabeth Warren, who might by the time that we air this be the front runner. Uh, uh, you you hadn't had tremendous feelings for Elizabeth Warren. I think it would be safe to say that you. Still have some Hillary PTSD about running a, a running woman? a woman. No, I don't think that's it at all. I mean, I, I you really... did you did back when we first started talking. Uh, uh, so know, so if you if you have gotten over that, that is something to that I, is something I to know. I have gotten over the fact that she's a woman. I'm not looking at the candidates, male, female, gay, straight. I don't care about that. Yes. I really don't care. You're in a post Mayor Pete uh, world yeah. where now nothing matters. None of them. Matter. I just want someone who has common sense and logic and strength and good ideas. Now, Elizabeth Warren has impressed me a little bit more recently. I love her energy. She's she's very you know she's very she gets you like kind of going with her. I am a little concerned about her Medicare for all and how she's going to fund it. I think yeah. that could be a big uh, problem for her if she were to become the nominee of explaining all of that. Um, you know, beyond that, um, I think she's okay. If, if, trust me, if she were the nominee, she gets my vote. Yeah. But is she going to be the one I vote for in the primary? No. No. And you're and your big. Wedge issue is you you think that Medicare for all is maybe a bridge too far. I I do think that's going to be a big problem for her to explain. Yeah. Well, if it's a problem for her to explain, then I'm assuming that you're not a gigantic fan of Bernie, for whom is the the the, the, the progenitor of the the progressive movement. No, God bless Bernie. I, I think he's he's great. He's incredibly passionate. I, I love Bernie, but again, I think his age is a big problem. Yeah. I think this heart attack situation is a huge problem. Um, I, uh, I I just can't get behind Bernie. I, I just can't. I, I just for those reasons alone, more than anything, we need some youth in our government. Yeah. We need fresh ideas. 
and 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 the the ideas and the, and the concepts that Bernie is push putting forth are great, but I I just don't always know that the presentation is is right. I mean, but but it's the idea. Look, I mean, Elizabeth Warren signed on to Medicare for all, and now she has her own she plus did. plus version. Yeah, yeah. Like this is a Bernie idea. This this you know. I get it, and and I don't worry at all about you know. I think that's just a big ploy the socialist government I, I don't worry about that at all i mean that is his branding he is I, he is a democratic that. socialist that that's like that is a feature not a bug for him I, I get that but i'm not worried about that as a as a citizen of this country that does not worry or concern me in any way all right uh kamala harris she was she had had a, had a hell of a summer and now she has fallen off a cliff in terms of her fundraising and her polling was there a moment during that Kamala Harris wave that you were uh, that you were interested in Kamala? Yeah, I do. I do like Kamala, and I I think she has what it takes. She has the experience. She has the tenacity. Um, you know, she's no stranger to how things work in the government. Um, she certainly has um, her prosecutor experience, and she's very smart. She's very sharp. I like her, and I, I, I don't really know why she's fallen off so so, so drastically, so I quite have, frankly. Th this was the theory that I put out on the, on the show, was that she really spiked during that first debate, debate. where she just pantsed Joe Biden. Yep. And it was like a big announcement. And this is why I think that happened. The number one issue that you just said, and if you look at the polling, it is more important than climate change, more important than health care, more important than gun control, beating Donald Trump and watching Kamala Harris just destroy an old white man on stage mm -hmm. was, I think for a lot of voters, they just they saw the vision. Right. It was like, yes, she's she the one. She can do it. She's the one who can do it. She's the one that can get up on stage and she can be a strong black woman in front of Donald Trump. She can bring our message forcefully. That's important. But then she didn't follow up and she didn't really have a big policy proposal after that. It was just it just kind of was a moment in the sun that she just let pass by. Well, but she was the only one in the last debate that repeatedly attacked Trump. Yeah, and look at look, look, look at what and it did then, for her poll numbers. And then she Nothing. fell off the, the wagon. I mean, I don't understand what happened. That's why I'm saying because you can't pivot to the general before you're done with the primary, and that's the uh. problem. Is that when when you get into this idea of like, uh, uh, oh well, no, nobody. What we really need to be up here talking about is like Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, no, not yet. Like, maybe when you get to the very end, when it's down to two or three people, then you can talk about it. But look, this isn't something that you haven't heard on MSNBC a million times. This isn't something that, you've, uh, that is rare in our, in our modern media. It's not like there's a, a lack of Trump criticism out there. So if you're slamming Trump on television, congratulations. You're already like 99% of all political uh, commentary. What you need to do, what's fresh, what's new, what's actionable, is why do you stand out amongst your peers? I very much believe in the combat there can highlander there can be only one primary you, you need see, to cut off the heads of your rivals uh, see and that's where i guess maybe your experience in politics is is much more advanced than i but that's where i felt like in the debate before this last one i don't remember what city they were in but i felt Detroit. i felt like they were attacking each other so much 
that they were actually helping Donald Trump to get reelected. Everybody wants see here's this is to me the big reason why that's not true. Everybody wants the perfect outcome, right? Everybody wants the idea that oh no, we're all going to be in harmony and that at a certain point we're all just going to draw straws and and we're going to decide who the number who the person that's going to be Trump and in lockstep and harmony we're all going to march forward. No. From the beginning of party politics, the first phase is the, the strongest party in the general is the one that gets their internal yayas out during the primary, during whatever the pre the pre general election process is. Really? The more blood, the more bloodletting you can have, the more you can uh, assert a dominance of. No, look, you had your shot. We all pushed forward. Everybody had their vote, and now we have this candidate. And now we go forward without a, a thumb on the scale by the larger party. Like that's the one. That will that will wind up doing better because you don't have the real dis- disenfranchisement is we didn't have our voice heard, you know that this wasn't said. If only we would have listened to blank, uh, uh, you know that's that's the larger problem. And so you need to you need to attack each other. Uh, all right. Because by the way, it's not like Donald Trump's not going to attack on what he wants. It's not like he's watching anything during the Democratic pri- the, the Democratic debates and saying, oh, that's a good one. Let me jot that one down. Like, he knows what he's going to attack everybody on. I know. Like, oh. it, it, you're, not, you're not brainstorming for Trump. All right. So Kamala Harris, Next. you don't know why she's falling off. But, I don't but, know but, why. I do like her. Yeah. I do like her. We've talked about Mayor Pete. You are a Mayor Love Pete. Love Mayor Pete. Stan. He's awesome. He's logical, level-headed. He has great plans, and he's put out all of his policies. I, I just think he's amazing. I, I just think he would be the perfect, perfect candidate. Now, you said that you were for impeachment, and Pelosi would be derelict in her duties if yes. she did not go forward with it. Yes. What if I tell you that almost assuredly impeachment kills Mayor Pete's campaign because he will not get the kind of attention that he would need to to be an insurgent candidate? I, I'm, I'm terribly terribly disappointed about that but you're probably right because you want to know what he was actually he he had a really cool thing going he was doing the the old john mccain thing where he was just inviting reporters on his bus to drive around with them right and just everything was on the record yeah and so he was getting a bunch of really good press press. like about like the little folksy stuff like college football and stuff like that right like those little human things that you kind of need to introduce yourself as a new candidate correct and then impeachment happened and boom no more stories about mayor pete's bus i know i know i know now everything's about whistleblowers and the ukraine and it's it's bar and volker and like all these new names that all happen around D.C., nothing about Iowa, nothing about New Hampshire, nothing about anything. And shame on the press, quite frankly, because they they owe it to all of the candidates to continue to report that kind of stuff. Oh, no, they're going to report it. It's just a matter of how it gets played. It It doesn't matter. It's all all going to be part of the hierarchy of news, right? right? So, like, what's more newsworthy, that a president might be removed or that Mayor Pete likes dogs instead of cats? I know. In In a quieter time... That could have been its own little news cycle where it's like cat owners are furious right. about map. But now that's <laughs> never going to get any chance. Right. All right. Uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to go through a few of them and you can just because that's like the, the top five. Those there. are the top ones. Yeah. Here are a few more candidates that you can just if you have nothing to say, just say nothing. 
Uh, otherwise, if you have a, a, a hot take, then, then give me your hot take. Uh, Cory Booker. I don't really have a whole lot to say about Cory Booker. All Again, right. we'll, mo- we'll move it on. We'll move it on. Yeah. Just say pass if you have pass, nothing to say. Pass. Amy Klobuchar. Pass. Andrew Yang. Uh, <laughs> his UBI thing. First of all, he needs a new name for that. Well, no, it's, it, no, it's called the Freedom Dividend. That that's what he well, calls he, it. Yes, but it's also universal basic income. Well, that's the general idea. Yeah, yeah. but his version. I mean, it's like. You know, the yeah. Medicare for all is uh, not. You I know, think that state sponsored medicine. That sounds great in theory, but I, I, um, it, it does concern me. What I, is your What is your problem with uh, uh, UBI? Well, I guess the thing that confuses me the most. I mean, because here I am looking to retirement in the next five to seven years. Yep. And um, I already have my significant other in retirement, and um, Social Security is a big part of what we will count on for income yeah. in our retirement and um i wonder how universal basic income will affect all of the people who are currently collecting social security will that be in addition to social security or will it replace there are some social programs security? for which you will be able to keep on other other uh, the, by yang's proposal if you don't want it you can keep all the stuff that you're currently getting from the government. Ah, but so you would take one or the other. Yes. I see. Yeah, although there are some that are overlapped. Like, okay. I think he said a couple that are co- carved out, but uh, uh, that's part of the reason why some, like, libertarians are into it, because it's, like, low-key, a consolidated, less bureaucratic welfare reform. Yeah, I, I just, I feel like funding that concept, it's a wonderful concept, and... In fact, we were at an artificial intelligence uh, uh, seminar last night, uh-huh. and that was the first question from the audience to the speaker was, what do you think of UBI? Because they were talking about how artificial intelligence may take over yeah. all of these jobs in the future. And, um, you know, it is, it's, a, it's an intriguing thought process, but yeah. I, it does concern me how it would be funded. I think it would be a tremendous uh, burden and expense on, um, on our economy. That the, the, the fact that it would be, uh, a, a, I mean, the, his, his push is we're just going to tax the companies that are going to automate. And, and, I, and I get that. and I, A robot tax. Yeah, I, I get that, and I think that's great, but I wonder if that would really uh, be successful in implementation. Uh, do you have any thoughts of him as a as a candidate, or, or just? I mean, because like, I think it's fair. Uh, it's fair what you said because whatever you think about UBI is effectively what you think about Andrew Yang. Yeah, I, I'm. I think that Andrew Yang as I'm a little concerned about him because he has no government experience. Yeah, and we already know what happens when someone comes in with no government experience. <laughs> And so I do worry about that. Yes, maybe he's a great businessman. He, he seems like he's a fairly sharp guy. But with no government experience, that is always a concern to me. Marianne Williamson. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on. I know you got. I know you have something to say about Marianne Williamson. If Marianne Williamson was my yoga instructor, <laughs> I would love her. Okay, so you're that's not, where it ends. But I don't know. I don't think that, that you're so far off from saying that there is uh, dark psychic energy that has uh, engulfed the nation. 
Marianne Williamson is, again, I think I've said it before on one of your podcasts. She's a nice lady. She is a nice lady. I, I just don't see her as president of the United States. Uh, what do you think of uh, insurgent write-in candidate Gloria Young? <laughs> oh, it tickles me to no end that <laughs> I actually have a following and a potential I think, to look be at, a write-in. In, in 2020, I think that there are, are going to be dozens, <laughs> but dozens again, of Gloria Young votes. Again, I have no government experience, sure. so and I think probably I think, be the first as one As you've to, said to me personally... Please stop telling people to vote for me. <laughs> like you have, you have told me explicitly that you don't agree with me voting for you, and you are, are disassociating yourself from anybody who would. Uh, although that will not stop me, I will continue to tirelessly advocate as a Gloria <laughs> Young voter. Okay, well, thank you, and thanks to all of your listeners who are fans of Right in Gloria Young. Uh, all right, I think that's pretty much all, unless there's another political or presidential thing that you would like to uh, mention here. No, I think I've pretty much aired most of my current thoughts, so <laughs> check back with me in a few months. We will, we will. All right, uh, uh, well, there we go. This is for October. This is the Gloria Young check-in for October. Mayor Pete is still the number one candidate. Yes on impeachment. And uh, uh, even if it means wreaking havoc with the, the, the primary process. Yes. All right. Correct. I want to thank everybody who is listening right now because so many of you have headed on over to bit.ly slash PX3 survey. You've given me your feedback. We are probably, as soon as I get off the goddamn road again, uh, uh, we will be laying out exactly what we want to do uh, going forward. Uh, I'll, I'll pitch a few ideas to you guys, but but thank you so much. You have no idea how invaluable this information is. It is just so crucial to going forward and making 2020 uh, as successful as possible. Making this show something that not only is exactly what you want, but also something that you're willing to to share with your friends and family. That's the goal. That's what we want to do. I also want to thank everybody who's head on over to takepoliticsseriously.com. Become a patron. We are we are uh, on the cusp of, of some real kind of financial flexibility here where we can budget out travel. We can budget out having regular guest hosts. This just is like... Uh, so, so insane that we have taken this from absolutely nothing to something with, you know, a little bit of a budget. We're, we're, we're getting kind of beyond where I can uh, uh, sort of make a living on this. And now we, we have a little to splash around. The first expense was me just kind of going out of pocket and paying uh, Tamar, my, my senior advisor, so she can book these awesome interviews like we did yesterday with a Danigal Young, who is awesome, and we actually had like a little bit of an argument on the show because she believes that covering politics like sports is damaging to our fundamental democracy, and I believe it's really fun, and that's why I do the show this way. We wound up becoming best friends at the end, and it's hilariously unsurprising what we bonded over. But now we get to do other stuff because we've got the money coming in and the money comes from you. Thank you to everybody who is supporting independent journalism at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. All right. One last thing. 
we did promise that we were going to have the campaign undertaker giveaway for the Bill de Blasio swag. Not as many people wanted Bill de Blasio swag. <laughs> this was easily the least interacted with of our giveaways thus far. And yet it is Joey Diamond Scoop who will be getting the Bill de Blasio swag. So please, Joey, go ahead and email me, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Send me a good address and I will get you your swag. All right, let's go ahead and run down what is happening in the 2020 primary race. Bernie Sanders indeed did have a heart attack. That was confirmed between last week and now. He will be back on the campaign trail, and according to his wife and his campaign, he will be debating in October. It it almost appears as if that might be the first time that he is kind of back in his official duty as a candidate as he has given no indication when he will return to events but we do know that when he does it won't be at the same schedule as he was before his heart attack incident this is the man in his own words do you expect when you do start to travel more that you'll be able to keep up the same type of robust no I, i don't know i think not certainly immediately look we were doing you know, in some cases, five or six meetings a day, you know, three or four rallies and town meetings um, and, and meeting with groups of people. I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, but I certainly intend to be uh, actively uh, campaigning. I think we're going to change the nature of the campaign a bit, uh, make sure that I have the strength to do what I have to do. What do you mean by change the nature? Well, probably not doing four rallies a day. I'm not quite sure that I, I could be wrong on this, but I don't know if there's anybody who did more rallies than we have done all over the state. So we're going to, you know, probably not do three or four rallies a day, do two or do other events as well. Look, this is what I said when this happened. This is what I told you. This is what I said. This is not over for Bernie Sanders, but it does change the dynamic. You can't be 78 and have health issues lingering. I I commend uh, 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 Bernie Sanders on being as transparent as he is on this because I don't know how many other candidates would be as transparent. To be totally honest, I don't know how many tra- uh, I don't know how many candidates would let get out that it was an actual heart attack and it wasn't some other you know glibity glubity medical thing. I don't know how many people would uh, uh, come out and say that they were going to change the nature of their campaign coming out of his mouth. Not out of a surrogate's mouth, not out of uh, uh, you know the, a big PR blitz about how they're going to be more mindful, or they're just going to cut down events and let the reporters decide that they're going to say, "Oh, you know, he's doing less events since the heart attack." He's been upfront and honest, and I I I actually commend him for that. I do. I, I think that if there's one thing that you can absolutely say about Bernie, whether or not you agree with him, he he definitely brings. Very little subterfuge. (laughs) There is very little polish and sheen uh, uh, PR-wise to the Bernie Sanders of it all. So we'll see exactly how this plays. The big moment, obviously, will be during this debate. We're going to find out real quick whether or not he has that same energy and whether or not he's rethought how he is going to run his campaign. Look, 
there is one element that does give him a little bit of an advantage is that he is able to kind of take a meta look down at what he's done so far and how he wants to do going forward. So that's a pretty big deal. Hey, here's another big deal. We have a new champion, new, 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 new real clear politics average champion. This is, of course, the average of all the polls that come out. Real clear politics uh, is, is tends to be their janky ass website tends to be the standard. People watch it and it carries some significance. But if you want some hard numbers proof that this impeachment situation has melted the Joe Biden campaign, look no further than these numbers. I'm, I'm getting this right from Real Clear Politics, all right? On September 23rd, 2019, Joe Biden's Real Clear Politics average is 30.3. It had gone kind of up and down previous to that, but 30.3 is where he is at. He is on an uptick in his polling. The next day, Nancy Pelosi announces that they are going to try to impeach the president based on Donald Trump's conduct around Joe Biden and whether or not there was corruption with the vice president's office in relation to Biden's son, Hunter. Since then, he has lost, on his average, by the way, on his average, four points, and that has almost all certainly gone to Warren, who right now has a thin edge in the real clear politics average. This impeachment has been an unmitigated disaster for Biden. Not only is it something that you obviously wouldn't want falling in your lap if you are the Biden campaign, but Biden has been limp, just limp in his response to this. He wrote an op-ed where he said, well, all right, hey, let's face facts, folks. I'm going to beat Donald Trump like a drum. This ain't the time for the, the, the same old Biden song and dance. You have to be able to respond to stuff like this. Because whether or not you think that Donald Trump should get impeached for how he handled this, there's no doubt that that kind of rhetoric was going to come out during the general election if Joe Biden was the nominee. And if you're watching how he responds to it now, boy, if you are an electability Democrat, for which I believe many are, you can't like what you've seen. When he's out here complaining that the networks are booking Rudy Giuliani... I mean, imagine that in in a year from now. That's what your standard bearer is fighting back with. Stop booking them, Mom. Mom, Rudy's saying mean things about me. Get out of here. Warren deserves to be. She deserves to be the, the, the RCP average champ right now. And also, by the way, since October 2nd, there has been a pretty noticeable, like a three-point decline for Bernie. These are in polls that have come out after the heart attack. So not great news for Bernie Sanders, but obviously this would be when it would dip going forward. 
Hey, we got some November debate qualifiers. If there's new polls, that means that there are people that are going to be in this November debate. Obviously, this is not the next one, not the October debate. This is the November debate. And so there were new polling qualifications for that one. And we now have an idea of who is going to be in there. Biden, Sanders, Warren, Harris, Buttigieg, Booker, Steyer, and Yang have all, as of today, Wednesday, October 9th, qualified for the November debate. People who have not qualified, you need four qualifying polls in which you get 3%. All right, that's what you need. So everybody I just named already got that. I mean, you also need a, a, a donor threshold, but but most people have have cleared that hurdle. In fact, here are four that cleared the donor threshold hurdle, but have yet to clear the four-poll criterion. And there's some surprising names. Tulsi Gabbard has been on the outside looking in for these last two debates, so that's not surprising. But here are three people that have previously made every stage. Julian Castro, Amy Klobuchar, and Beto O'Rourke. Big, big names. Just to make it clear, Cory Booker, Tom Steyer, Andrew Yang, have already qualified for these debates. That's, this is the November and December debates. O'Rourke, Klobuchar, Castro. Uh, O'Rourke and Klobuchar have one qualifying poll. Castro has zero. Maybe a big deal. Maybe no deal. But thus far, I mean, we could see almost fatal blows being dealt to those campaigns should they not gain poll traction in the next few weeks. Normally, when we discuss China on this program, it's in relation to the trade war. And we do have some announcements on that. Number one, there were said to be talks coming up. However, we don't know whether or not they're still going to go on because Mike Pompeo of the State Department announced yesterday that the Chinese government uh, has earned themselves some travel restrictions, some visa restrictions. Uh, This because of the repressive campaign against the Uyghurs, ethnic Kazakhs, Kyrgyz, and other members of the Muslim minority group in the Xinjiang Autonomous Region that includes mass detentions of internment camps, pervasive high-tech surveillance, draconian controls on expression of cultural and religious identities, and coercion of individuals to return from abroad to an often perilous fate. So, that's a move. It's not probably a move that will uh, make those trade talks more uh, uh, warm and friendly, but it is a move. There's also been some other cultural issues. Uh, The GM of the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey, tweeted support for Hong Kong, then immediately uh, immediately deleted it because China has pulled the chain of the NBA. They uh, canceled the state-run relationship with the Houston Rockets. All of the Houston Rockets Chinese sponsors pulled out. And now, as the NBA is touring with their stars, touring China, uh, uh, they were to be playing exhibition basketball there. Uh, They are now, those are now in peril. But what we want to talk about is an issue that happened with the 
card game, the virtual card game, the computer card game, Hearthstone, which I'm a huge fan of. I love Hearthstone. There was an incident at the Grand Masters Tournament. A player by the name of Blitz Chung, after winning a match, looked into the camera and said, Liberate Hong Kong. It's the revolution of our age. In retaliation, Blizzard not only stripped him of his prize money, but they banned him from competition, as well as firing the two commentators that... Uh, were, were speaking with him and interviewing him at the time. There's no doubt that this is in response to the fact that China does not want anybody talking about Hong Kong, let alone people talking about liberating Hong Kong. And so, this is where we are. I spoke to my friend Scott Johnson and... Brian Ibbett of The Morning Stream. If you are unaware of Scott Johnson, he is the host of The Instance, one of the most popular podcasts about Blizzard in general, began as a World of Warcraft podcast, and and now is just a, a standard for anybody who cares about that company. Scott has interviewed many people throughout Blizzard, including the uh, now-departed founder, Chris Metzen, He cares deeply about Blizzard. He is a fixture at BlizzCon and will be again in the coming weeks when BlizzCon happens. I mean, good Lord, whatever's going to go on there. But during my Tuesday appearance on the morning stream, which happens uh, obviously weekly, I decided to force the issue and ask him about China. This is what happened. Are we not going to talk about China? Oh, we can if you want. Uh... There's the it's starting to permeate my my own personal world with this Hearthstone thing. It's like, uh, yeah, it's a bigger deal than I thought it was going to turn into because the the South Park thing, which by the way that clip where the dude's got the whiteboard and he's talking to the kids. I haven't seen the whole episode yet. Yeah, I intend to today. I watched it today. By the way, uh, it is it is currently on Comedy Central's website without ads, which I don't know whether or not that's because oh. nobody wants to put ads on that episode, but I watched it for free on Comedy Central's website. Maybe they're, that's a little bit of shade thrown by them, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe nobody wants to advertise, hard to say. But they, uh, they the, the scene I've seen, the clip that I've seen circulating where he's talking to the kids and they want, yeah. they, they want to do their story, and he's like, oh, you can't do that. Winnie the Pooh is insensitive because it looks like Chairman Mao or whatever. Like, they... That's Chairman G. Oh, G, sorry, the new guy. Sorry, they that yeah. scene is everything. It's the whole thing that like South Park does so well. Sometimes they they metaphorically wrap yeah. stuff up in such simple language, but perfectly sort of illustrate at least the bottom line of what all this means. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go deep and hard on Friday's instance and try to uh, discuss it in a way that doesn't f- piss everybody off everywhere, but. Basically, it's. I sound a little bit like you here, actually. Um, <laughs> that may get me in trouble too. But they, uh, Blizzard and the the Houston Rockets and the whoever's, they're kind of just being. If corporations are people, the people only want the money, and the money can't happen if you don't please who where the money's coming from. And China's a giant emerging market, so you bend the knee because. Yeah, you want to you want to play ball there, and it's not and, that shocking and, and, to me that nobody's you know that no Blizzard didn't stand up and go, we stand with this pro player, immovably in our belief that 
further growth. In the, in the, they're not going to do that. They need to make money. They're a company. And so they're going to do this other thing. Yeah. Do I like it? No, I don't like it. Uh, am I pro-democracy in Hong Kong and elsewhere? Absolutely I am. But I, I don't know why any of us are freaking out. Or I guess freaking out is separate. If, you want, if you're in a position to be able to do something, great. But this is companies. This is corporate everything. It's ugly. It's a side of it we don't like to talk about or think about. But it exists. And I don't know why everyone's surprised. Like, not my blizzard. Uh, uh, like, not well, my I Apple, mean, not I, my I Google, think- not my... Everyone's doing this. Google, Remember, Google's got a whole different kind of search approach over there. Where they don't well, get well, oh, yeah. no, no, no. They 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 were building one, and then they got criticized for it, and and they cooled it down for now. I mean, who knows eventually uh, uh, how it will shake out there? But I think it is interesting because we have had a couple moments lately where we've seen kind of uh, the, the 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 chain get yanked by China. That China is a gigantic uh, emerging market. It's also a, tort- a totalitarian and Orwellian mess. And so what happened with Blizzard I, and, and what happened with the Houston Rockets is, number one, I don't think it is a coincidence that this, this is happening as China's 70th anniversary of the Communist Party begins, the Golden Week or National Day of uh, the, the founding of the Communist Party in 1949 happened earlier this month. Uh, and this is a huge year for uh, Chairman Xi specifically to make sure that everything rolls along smoothly. Uh, it has not so far with the Hong Kong protest, and now they're kind of flexing their muscle a little bit. That uh, for those who are unaware, Daryl Morey, the GM of the Houston Rockets, tweeted a fairly benign, at least on American Twitter standards, uh, a thing about standing with Hong Kong. And next thing you know, his job's in jeopardy. The NBA has to apologize. Uh, the the owner of his team apologizes to to China. You've got. Uh, players apologizing to media in japan they're going to play in china and all of china's state basketball organizations and sponsors dropped out from the houston rockets i i I assume that and correct me if i'm wrong is is activision which is the parent company of blizzard that was a a heavy portion that was bought into by tencent right uh, well no so no tencent doesn't have any investment but they do have a relationship with so tencent owns a lot of video game stuff. Currently, they don't yeah. own anything Blizzard Activision related, but they okay. cooper- they cooperate in some market stuff, but it's the other company, not Tencent. What's the other one? Uh, the ones that are going to... Oh, the yeah, ones that... Alibaba? No, it's another name, and I forgot the freaking name. Um, I can't remember his name or the name of the company. They're, they're, they're making the other game. NetEase, there it is. NetEase is there is the other big China that's a big Chinese company and NetEase is facilitating they facilitate how WoW works over there they are the, oh, okay. they're helping co-develop this mobile Diablo game like it's kind of a big deal for them and they don't want to offend them or any shareholders or anything else um let me clear something up real quick the chat room is saying that uh well some, a couple of people are, uh, specifically are saying because I said it's business and why is anyone surprised no I stand by that I don't like it I think it sucks and, that, and, and if you're asking me if I think something should be done about it, absolutely. I'm just saying it's, I don't know why this is shocking to anybody. Like, this is what businesses do. They ignore stuff like that to make money in places where they need to make money and where they want to make money. I'm not saying it's morally correct. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying, why are you shocked by that? If you're shocked by it, you haven't been paying attention. 
Welcome to this dark corner of capitalism. It kind of sucks. All right, go ahead. It is It is kind of interesting that this is a capitalism thing, right? And not a totalitarian government making extraordinary demands to keep the business partnerships going. And that, that has been an interesting... I don't, I'm not saying it's invalid, right? but it, it does seem to be pushing the responsibility away from the fact that, well, maybe you're just in a bad business deal. Maybe the, the you know, uh, unlimited funds that can or are promised by China and the unlimited growth that is promised by China, maybe that juice is is not worth the squeeze, ultimately, depending on, on how you want to imagine these things. Right. I, I just I just find it fascinating that, that it, it seems there there seems to be a, a line of conversation about this that is just like, well, what do you expect? The almighty dollar. Am I right? Uh, when <laughs> it, it that to me, at least seems to minimize some of the horrors that happened in China up to and including actual concentration camps. And, and yeah. Stuff like and murders the, and, like, of dissenters. And like, it's awful. Like yeah. there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes that is bad. And so watching companies bend over backwards to maintain their market or their relationships so they can have access to a certain market is ugly. It's bad. It's not good. I just don't. This is always how it's been. I'm not saying it's always is how there, it should is be. There, is there a point? Is there a point that would make you so creeped out that you would not you would want to to pull back involvement with some of the stuff that you do? Because you do a lot with Blizzard. Oh, yeah. You know, is I there do. is there is there a point? That you would say, I don't know. Now this is weighing. Now I'm making moral equivocations that I'm not comfortable. Oh, I'm feeling that now. Like that. See, this is where I don't want to be confused. I'm upset about it in a very raw and personal way because I believe strongly in not only Hong Kong's desire to do what they're doing, but in their ultimate goal of independence and further you know, better, better democracies for more people and less uh, oppression and all that stuff. I'm for all of it. Um, and so, yeah, it's already a thing for me. Like, is it enough for me to go, that's it. Never touch anything. Blizzard does again. That's it. I'm out. I'm not doing that. I think there's no. more to be said. I also, I think there, you mentioned the Google thing and how they kind of had to back off, back off a little. They may have to do that here. I don't know. Like enough pressure from enough people. That's how that sort of stuff gets done. So I'm sort of pro that and, too. And by, by the way, for those, I think I think we kind of rolled over this, but uh, uh, did you guys talk about this earlier in the show? Not really. No, this is actually the All first. Right, so, I just knew I had a lot on Friday to worry about, so I haven't talked about it much until I was going to save it for then. But I'm happy to do it here. So anyway, go ahead, give us your. Well, uh, all right. So, so just uh, uh, just for those of for the folks who don't know, there was a Hearthstone player in an esports tournament who, uh, during his, I think it was a victory, uh, said that. You know, uh, Hong Kong should be free and you know, stand with democracy. Uh, the casters ducked under the desk so they could, I guess, avoid the, uh, the, 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 the verbal blast. It did not save them. Both the casters have been fired and the player has been banned from competition and all of his prize money was ordered uh, back to Blizzard. So oh, he wow. is now persona non grata within the Hearthstone esports scene because... He's from Hong Kong. He, he dared talk about uh, Hong Kong fighting for democracy. Yeah, the, the the other controversy is that the two casters were kind of pressuring him uh, to get it on tape. Um, oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, a little bit. If you go watch the video and you listen to the translation, 
assuming the two, three sources I've read for the translation, they all seem to be consistent with each other. It appears that it was uh, not coerced, but it was like, hey, we're encouraging you to make a statement about your your thing. And, yeah. and, and he and he did that. Uh, here's the other thing. So I don't know what the backsplash will be or the peripheral damage will be, if any, but um, Tencent owns all of Riot, who makes the world's biggest video game. Well, behind Fortnite yeah. now, but uh, with League of Legends, they own a huge share of Epic and uh, Fortnite. Uh, they own all of a number of companies <laughs> and then those companies yeah. own other companies. Like it's a big, the, the share of market that Chinese companies now own means that we may not be done with this conversation for a while. Oh. It's going to oh, get spoiler weird. Spoiler alert. We're not. Yeah. We're absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, again, this is, this is China reminding everybody that like, all right, well, look, uh, what we bring to the table is a lot of money and infinite growth because we have a lot of people yeah. in in China and they are rapidly becoming uh, more and more uh, uh, wealthy and and ability they have the ability to spend more than they had in the past. Also, China is the the only place on Earth where movie going is actually on the rise. People are building theaters in China. They are not building theaters here in America where many of these movies originate. So. China holds a lot of cards in their hand, and that is the, the bargain that they have is, okay, well, you can have all this. You can have all this money. You can have all this growth. But guess what? When we need to pull your chain, we're going to pull your chain. And that's exactly what happened to Blizzard. It's what happened to the NBA. And I totally agree with you, Scott, that this is something that we are by no means done with. Yeah, it'll go on for a while. It'll be, it'll be interesting just, just to see if, like there's rumors of protests at BlizzCon, which is what in two and a half weeks, three weeks. Yeah. That that'll be a new thing there, other than the two or three Jesus people with their signs that show up and tell us how <laughs> how thralls they're always there. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are always there. They I just mean, live right. there. So, do you do you think that as somebody who obviously has his finger on the pulse of kind of the Blizzard fan community, that this is something that Blizzard really needs to worry about or is this just another gamer controversy that'll kind of come and go uh so here's the interesting uh, that's a great question i think that this will not matter to players as much as when blizzard does something else like <laughs> let me put it this way there was there will be mo- there will be more historical anger surrounding them releasing a uh, news of a mobile version of Diablo and not Diablo 4 at last year's BlizzCon, that controversy yeah. or layoffs controversy or cancellation of giant projects controversy, I think will live larger in the minds of, of these gamers than this will. Um, and that's yeah. a bummer because I think that the energy should better be spent in this way um, because that other stuff just is trying to, you know, uh, that other stuff just plays with gamers and their loyalties and their feelings of uh, you well know. but also but also it's like look we are all defined by our self-interest if i'm really excited for diablo 4 and now i know that i'm not going to get diablo 4 for another year then that will make me more upset than the plight of somebody across the world because people have been living in in squalid tyranny across the world for many many years and they are indeed doing it as we speak and it's not like that's the only thing we're we're, we're talking about we're we're talking about whether or not you know this will affect blizzard as a company so yeah that, that, i think i think that the self-interest is at least psychologically understandable but what is fascinating now 
is that I, I do think that a lot of these deals and be it with China or Saudi Arabia, but a lot of these uh, countries that are putting a ton of money into American media, now you're starting to see where the price tag of that is. And I do wonder whether or not going forward that becomes more of an issue for for Blizzard that like at, at the, you know, it's like, all right, well, we'll, we'll go ahead and pull this dude because he did X, Y, or Z, or I don't know. I guess I'm actually waiting for the Blizzard, the the, the soft, you know, yeah. sources from behind the scenes story of like, mm. hey, look, this guy was explicitly told, you know, and the casters were explicitly told that we wanted to keep this apolitical. It's not specifically the message. It's that he disregarded these uh, th- this directive that we had. We would have pulled him if he would have started talking about, you know, how Trump should be reelected because we, we want to make sure that this is apolitical i'm waiting for that that to me seems to be the natural blizzard pr move 100 percent with you that is if that's not coming i would i would eat my hat i'm sure that something to that effect is coming and the truth is it is there in their terms when they sign these contracts with these guys and the truth is he broke it um what people are upset about is obviously well you know this should there should be exceptions for things that affect people's lives in this way and i, I totally get their position Sidian said something in the chat that i'm going to repeat that i think is is interesting because it's just good to get all sides of this. And that's why permanent growth corporate ideas are kind of unsustainable. And here's an example. He says, Blizzard should have given China the bird, laid off every single employee in their now uh, shuttered Chinese market, additionally laid off the legion of support staff that are stateside, tanked their stock prices and made themselves obsolete right before falling on ceremonial swords. He's being sarcastic, obviously, but that's the reality of it. And the reality of it feels immoral. The, it feels immoral and also has its own subsections of moral questions of, is it, the, is it the community staff's fault in Irvine that all this is happening? They have families. They have bills to pay. They have lives to live. They're doing great work. Should, we, should they have to fall on these same swords that the upper overlords are having to deal with? Like that's the, with, That is part of these conversations every time when it comes to Always have profits, always exceed those expectations. And that means when you run out of bodies in America, you move to Europe. And when you're out of those bodies, you move somewhere else. And when you're out of those bodies, you move to China. You exploit new markets. And by exploiting those new markets, you uh, make concessions on, on certain kinds of freedoms or ideals. And it just keeps happening. And it's a, it's a pattern that's driven by you can never stop making more money. Not, not that you can be small and sustain yourselves and and be good we have to just keep adding more and more on top of it and i'm a free market dude i am a big time believer in free market competition but at some point it's not sustainable without these problems so that's the thing we just gotta face part as part of well this there is well look i mean there is a question of ethics right 100 like, like you can want to continue to feed the families of everybody that is there in irvine you can continue to want to give them raises you can continue to want to put them on projects that will bring them prestige and and growth uh and not make deals with people that you feel are going to be uh you know overarching in their control over your product or or make your user base uncomfortable ultimately every business does have to make those decisions i mean look if if uh uh all of a sudden you know scott johnson and frog pants gets an email from uh uh you know a big uh you know some chinese uh backed 
podcast company that says, hey, look, we really want to continue to bring American podcasting. It's exploding in China. Everybody loves listening to American podcasts. We want to all of a sudden, uh, we can explode your growth. We can go from whatever you're currently doing on the morning stream, and we can have 10 million people tomorrow, every day, listen to the morning stream. And you're going to be compensated appropriately for that. But from here on out, and look, it's not going to be hard. It's not like the morning stream is meet the press. You guys don't talk about China all that much. We really just want to hear the hilarious stories of uh, Scott, you know, uh, eating fast food in the parking lot and uh, Brian playing uh, great American cover songs. So just no mentioning of China, no mentioning of voting, no mentioning of Hong Kong, uh, uh, 10 million people, and you're going to make money that is compensatory. To that that that's something that you might be interested in right right i mean <laughs> okay i'll say this first of all you're, you're kind of right second of all <laughs> <laughs> second of all here's the thing i mean we do that now like brian and i avoid we don't talk about politics till you come on as an example we just don't yeah. why yeah. not because it isn't important not because it doesn't matter to us personally it's because we know that the show is just going to become a giant touchstone of controversy if we did. Sure, and we don't want exactly, it to be. Exactly. We don't so want by, it to so be. By the way, dear dear listeners, understand that if Jerry goes away, it's because TMS is playing <laughs> Shang. <laughs> See, this is how this stuff starts. Okay, but I, this is how it works. <laughs> but this is this is what I'll say in the same in the same way that I want Romney to stand up to the president. And vote a certain way. It's actually the same desire I would have for Blizzard to stand up to this. Yeah. And actually take the hit for it. I think it's worth taking the hit for morally and ethically. I think if they said, well, I guess we're out of China. Fine. Shut it all down over there. Be done. Take a giant hit. You would have huge layoffs. I still think it might I mean, be the uh, right. Eff- effectively, effectively, that means the end of Hearthstone. I mean, Hearthstone, I think... Uh, uh you know, receded, I think, 10% in terms of user base in America. It exploded in China like 34% over the last quarter. And that is a, a trend that keeps going forward. Yeah, so it may end it. Blizzard, uh, Blizzard, Blizzard saying, hey, we're out of we're out of uh, China or uh, would might mean the end of some of your favorite Blizzard products, or at least the way that we know them. Right, I, possibly. But all I know is I've known a Blizzard. I've known this company since I was 18 or 20 yeah. or whatever I was when they started. And I've followed this company all the way through all of the times of growth. And there was a time where they were a a really great but small, tight studio that put out amazing experiences and sold tons of copies. And they weren't even in Asian markets at that time. And so it, it it's not going to happen because this isn't how corporate America or corporate world works, especially publicly owned companies. Um. But it'd be great if they just said, you know, we're cool with uh, having 5 million WoW subscribers and we're cool with maintaining uh, the other IPs we have and we make enough money to do that and we can close down a bunch of stuff and then just, we can be right here. But no one does that. Everybody wants to go more, 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 more. There's no end to the more. And if you... Well, and if, and well if but, you... but also, but also it's like, so, but, and then they turn their back on the Chinese uh, players that really like them but that have no interest in propping up their government and are the real victims of some of the things that we're going to get on our high horse and and decry we're gonna say well like okay like i i do think that look i'm not here to make the argument that like 
all growth is bad because I do think that that's the thing about a free market is that you can over pump what you're looking to do. You can get too ambitious with what you're looking to do and you can make a, a decision that's detrimental to your entire business, right? And and you can make the argument that some of the expansion into China and taking that money and thinking that nothing was ever going to change uh, was foolhardy by some of these companies. And by the way, these are the biggest companies that we deal with specifically in terms of media. However, there is also the argument for Blizzard to say, hey, look, we have no interest in politics. We have no interest in, in some of these things. We are able to, like, with, with a few minor changes, let's go ahead and change the Jaina Proudmore uh, hero art to not show so much cleave, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and, and uh, figure all that out. But uh, other than that, we can easily bring everything that we do into China because it is apolitical and we can delight uh, millions of players uh, in China and show them what American ingenuity and creativity is. Like, mm -hmm. I do understand that. I do think that that's real. I don't think that, that it, I think it would be intellectually dishonest to say that that's not a part of why they want to continue to spread. Now, it also makes them a ton of money, but that's the point of a, a the, the, the best moments in a business are when you are able to make a connection with users and also make a bunch of money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I mean, this is the this is going to be the hard part because if they their stance is look, none of this is about politics. We just want we don't want politics in our in our tournaments and in our our public events, and we just don't want it. Like, and that's why it's part of our TOS. This, this, this also did it, it. did happen at the worst time oh, because you do have, have this. You have this NBA thing that's currently going. So it looks like. That China is making a coordinated effort. By the way, I think they might be. <laughs> they might actually uh, to, be doing. <laughs> to make sure that they remind all of their American partners, hey, you like this money, right? I just want to make sure that you like this money because this money doesn't come with many strings. But here's some uh, a few more strings. And by the way, we might be rolling out a few more of these strings uh, over the next year or so. Yeah, and sp speaking of uh, changes that they would make for China, this is, I don't know how much this fact is known, but one of my favorite weird things that ever happened in World of Warcraft's history, when they launched into the Chinese market, the Chinese were unwilling to accept it. It was going to be banned if they didn't turn all the undead, which is an entire race, an integral race of, yeah. of characters within the World of Warcraft, they all could not show any bones because the way the models worked at the time is their arms ended here. You had a little bone showing. Then the arms started up here. Yeah. Their legs were kind of, some of the bones were showing. They're undead. They're literally, you know, zombie people with brain, you know, that are smart. And mm -hmm. they wouldn't do it unless everybody turned into, you know, just normal looking dudes, basically. And so they did that. Yeah. Uh, also, you can't show corpses on the ground in that game. So when you would go to a fight where you're fighting a huge world boss and everybody's dying like flies... Instead of a bunch of bodies that would turn into bones after resurrection or after you went and ran back to your body, a whole ton of gravestones show up because that's acceptable. So you already have these cultural exceptions, right? <laughs> yeah. And so no, there was a whole thing about Ghostbusters that they had to like change some element of the core plot of the newer Ghostbusters because Chinese don't like that ain't a funny, silly, spooky Halloween thing. Like the the the, the dead and spirits and bodies, like they have a whole different point of view on that. Right. Exactly. Also, PUBG using crates instead of uh, dead players. Someone in the chat, uh, Codes from Home, just said that's true. That's another one of those that they did over there. So we already make those kinds of uh, exceptions. We're willing to do, I, you know, it's Blizzard's not saying, nobody said, 
hey, Blizzard, you want to be in China? Make sure you go off those two dudes for me that are being trouble. That yeah, it's not levels of that, but it just feels bad. It tastes bad. It, it's it's got a bad sour taste to it, and I hope that they do something. But I honestly don't have a ton of hope because none of these companies do anything. We gotta we gotta quit assuming. See, it's so funny. <laughs> My argument about that sounds like your argument or your your confusion about why I feel that way about Romney. And I guess I guess I'm gonna hold Blizzard in that same regard. I want them to do the right thing here. But if they don't, then they'll kind of be, I'll be mad at them. But I'd still, I mean, look, I'd still probably uh, vote for Romney. I think I, I, yeah, I, I totally <laughs> think that uh, the, the best that you could hope for from Blizzard is them to CYA on like, hey, look, this is not, oh my God, we are an American company with American values and we really care about freedom. We really care about democracy. This is just about the fact that we told this guy not to say a thing. He directly disobeyed this order, and uh, so did the casters. And so it, it could have been about anything. This is not. It certainly is not about the fact that uh, uh, China is a massive partner for us, and it's our gigantic growth operation for Hearthstone. And so, Hearthstone might be dead. It's also not reciprocal. Around. You know what I mean? There's no reciprocation here. If if Blizzard goes, we have decided. We've heard you. We've heard your voices, players. We've decided. We're pulling out of China. We do not support this regime. Thank you for your continued support. That doesn't suddenly mean a ton of American players are going to go, oh, Blizzard, I'm going to buy everything you make. I'm going to go sub to everything I already don't. That isn't going to happen. There's no reciprocation. Well, because also, because also there's like, now you have all these millions of Chinese players that are like, wait, what? Like now we don't get to play. I had this whole deck set up. I spent all this. I spent all this money building up my Hearthstone collection, and now it's 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 banned because Winnie the Pooh said so. Yeah, here's here's my expectation. Regardless of what happens in the next few days, they're going to take a little hit on their stock price. They may already have, because um, it's just messy. So people are. <laughs> I'll tell you what. They would take a lot bigger hit on their stock price if they pulled out of China. <laughs> yeah, they they absolutely would. It'll recover. Uh, and players who say, well, I'm boycotting Blizzard will not do it in the numbers that will make a dent and that things will go on as usual. I guess what I'm saying is it's a complicated, messy, ugly thing that you can both disagree with and accept the realities of. That's kind of my my bottom line on it. And Brian, um, Brian yeah. I feel bad. We've no, left no, no. Brian like not talking at all, dude. I apologize. It's okay. No, I can. I'm sure, here's the thing. There are certain things, certain topics that we talk about on the show that I've got a little bit of knowledge of, and I can kind of pipe in and, and jump in when we talk about. This is one that I have not been following. I feel so <laughs> ignorant about it, but I, I haven't been following it. So I'm kind of like, oh, really? Oh, wow. That's, oh, interesting. Oh, really? Is that, you know, <laughs> I know about, like, I get the surface level uh, news with the NBA and the the, yeah. the controversy there. I have not gone any further deeper in there with the, the Hearthstone tournament, any of that stuff. So. Yeah, basically, I am the John Stewart on The Daily Show eating popcorn yeah. <laughs> meme. Uh, nice. all, all, the only thing that I would hope that people get out of this, and both the NBA thing and the Blizzard thing, is just like, just understand what's going on in China. You know, China's a very mm -hmm. fascinating partner that, by the way, like, we're going to have to live with. Uh, we are on a global community. We are ever more interconnected. We are going to have to learn to live with china oh like especially without especially question. if we yeah. are in in a situation where we don't want a global conflict that could end the planet we would we would like to have a friendly you know no two uh, countries that trade together have ever gone to war right right like that that is usually the way that the precursor is you want to have businesses deal over there however 
we are also at a point culturally where we are more aware of the things that are going on around us. And I think that that is something that we do all need to reconcile. And I don't think that it helps that everybody kind of jumps to the most hyperbolic position that they possibly can. But it is something that I, I do think is is a defining issue of our age, how we, we, we look at this kind of stuff for, uh, you know, in, in the lens of our own morals. Yeah. I, and one final note, I did get an email this morning uh, demanding that I, or, or, or basically saying, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to quit the, are you going to stop the instance and protest? And kind of basically saying that's what I should do. And I had yeah. to remind this person, and I would remind everybody else, the instance is not a wholly owned subsidiary of Blizzard in any fashion. They don't pay me anything. No. Right. Uh, I don't work for Blizzard. They don't cut any checks to me ever unless they're paying for a service. And they've never, you know, they've done that once uh, last year when I was on stage for a hosting gig, a contract gig that ended, started and ended. Uh, the idea of me ending a show that could actually have a very positive uh, or at the very least informative back and forth discussion about this very issue and have it mm-hmm. move with the issue. I don't see how that's a thing you'd want to silence anyway. So well, no, no, hell I mean, no. Uh, the, the, the instance is a blizzard community podcast. That means that there is a community there that could operate independent of blizzard. Yeah. Like, like the, there might be people that stop listening, but you could say, Hey, look, we're just not going to cover Hearthstone anymore. Cause you want to know what, like, that's just something that we're, not to say that you would do this or you should do this, but you could, right? You mm-hmm. could say, we're just not going to cover this because I, I don't agree with the operations of the company and I just want to, like, move on. I, I want to cut off that element. And people might stop listening to the show. You would risk that. But that would be a decision that you would make. You could out and out and say, I'm not covering any Blizzard stuff. In fact, from here on out, we're only talking about things that happened pre this date. <laughs> and you would have the ability to continue to do that show because you have the right to continue to talk to the community that has gathered around the instance. Your lens of how much and how you want to cover Blizzard is totally up to you. Dare I say it's the reason why people listen. Yeah, like why else? I mean, oh, it's just a silly suggestion. And so uh, no offense to that guy if he's listening, but that was a weird thing to say. I assume you retired. You hadn't had your coffee yet and you hadn't thought it through because that was a dumb thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> all right, before jury goes... This has all been great and fascinating. Yeah. Maybe one of our best discussions ever. I do want to say this. I've been looking at dreambible.com all during the show <laughs> and giving people interpretations of certain things that they might yeah. find in their dreams. And I looked up the word jury. So I'm okay. going to tell you what the dreambible.com says that uh, if a jury appears in your dreams. Oh, can and- I make a guess? Yes. Okay. By the way, by the way, by the way, make it quick because I forgot to bring in my power cord and I got 3%. Less, okay, go, so Brian. Drop out go. What are you going to say, right. Brian? I'm just going to say it has to do with something about being judged, but please go ahead. <laughs> All right, maybe. To dream of jury represents feelings of scrutiny from others, feeling dependent on other people's opinions about you or your actions, feeling that winning or future progress is totally dependent on someone else's feelings about you. Feeling that you can't do something is others if others don't like you. A need for an approving consensus. And so I would only say to that, uh, this. The jury will now retire. And that is about going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody who supports this show at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. I want to thank our producers, that $10 tier, D-Laser, Andy, Paul, Middle-Age, Mike, and Brad. I want to remind you guys that you can email theyoungamerican at gmail.com. 
You can always join our Discord at bit.ly slash jurydiscord and download archived episodes of this show at bonerwars.com. Music has been provided by Valesco and Trop Killers. Until we speak again, friends, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, reminding you that politics has three names. In some shows, well, they talk about politics, you know. Other shows, they talk about politics, but this, this show right here, this is the only one that talks about all three. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>